If you're just tuning in, BYU gets the win in double overtime against Tennessee. This thing was a thriller. I, I this was here's will will can you just kind of set up the drama that built in this game with these two coaches and the situations that they're in. You know, Hans, we were sitting here talking, and obviously the emotion, if you could, I could feel the emotion of both coaches. Kalani, he, you know, you could feel how tense it was, and uh, the and the coach of Tennessee. I mean, these guys are literally coaching for their life. Hands. I saw you put out a tweet. That's what it was. Both of these guys understood how important it was, and also, I think as fans, we have to look and say. Kalani takes this serious. He wants to win. He, he put it all out on the line tonight. There are mistakes still being made, but at the end of the day, I saw that he loves this program, he loves these boys, and he's going to make them fight. They're going to fight for him. He's going to fight for them. And, uh, you know, it's a new season now, one and one, and uh, the future looks bright if they can continue to, to make some runs. All right, we're going to see if we can get back to Jake Hatch live there in Tennessee. Jake, kind of take us onto the field. Talk to us about this game. Well, their players are finally filtering back to the locker room. They've spent most of the time out on the field celebrating. Pretty somber Tennessee crowd with BYU fans. Uh, it seems like we can't out. get Jay Catch on air at this point, so uh, we'll try a little, little bit here and see if we can't get him and, and throw him on air. We did have Jay Catch at the stadium. He'll be grabbing sound for us, and we'd love to be able to put him on air, but it seems like we're having technical difficulty in the back. All right, Will, I want you to talk a little bit about Tennessee, and I want you to talk about what this does to them. I want you to talk about their coach and their situation because this is unique. They have not started 0-2 since 1988. Well, you know, you've got to feel for the coach. I mean, he was coaching hard, and he definitely, I feel like he had his guys ready to play. They played hard for him. So the, the Tennessee fans, they have to sit back and say, man, the kids played hard. There's still some discipline issues. Um, there's still, you know, there's still some depth issues. You know, they had to let some guys go. Um, you saw what happened with the secondary late in the game where it counted, right? You can play a game. Once again, we talked about this game. It's four quarters of football, yeah. and it can be more than four quarters, and it, and uh you got to play all four quarters. It's such a game of inches. It's a game of inches. The corner played well the whole time. We really didn't even see a lot of balls thrown on the right side. A lot of the balls that we completed were on the left side of the field. So, number two, he played a pretty legitimate game, but he has one fart, brain fart. And uh, before you know it, Michael Simon's running up the sideline and looking good doing it. I want you to talk a little bit about some of the defensive stands we saw. There was a fourth and one situation. Tennessee was on their own 30-yard line, Will. They try to fly sweep. Isaiah Kafusi comes up and makes the tackle. Talk about some of the big plays. You can even go to the interception that was caught by a former running back and current middle linebacker, Kavika Fonua. Talk about some of the big plays and the big players for tonight's game. Well, you know, t- people that I saw really step up tonight that impressed me, particularly in the second half, Fanua, obviously, you know, Hans, we had this conversation in the summer. We were talking about are we overly concerned about the Mike Backer position? And it was a concern. We didn't even know who it was going to be. But I think Fanua today showed how athletic he is, showed that he can run, and showed that he's a physical guy. I was really impressed with him. But I will talk very clearly. How about the play of the young um, oh, goodness, I'm having a brain freeze now. Uh, Ayu. 
Ayu, I was really impressed with the way he played today defensively. He was great in coverage. He he, he got downhill and, and made some tackles. Um, I'm sure there's some things on the film that they'll want to fix, but I was impressed with him. As a, as a unit, defensively, you've, the defense has to feel good. At the end of the day, the, the BYU, we have to be able to win when we're holding a team to 16 points. When you're holding a team to 16 points at this level, those should be games that you win. Is it too much to ask for for three touchdowns a game from from your team? It's not. If you can't score three touchdowns a game consistently, you're not going to ever win in this league. So the defense, I think, is playing well. There's always little things to fix. But I was very impre- uh, impressed with Kavika. And obviously, I thought that all you showed up and, and, and uh, played really well. Can you talk a little bit about the way this game impacts Kalani Sataki personally? Oh, well, you know, I talked to Kalani today before the game. Um, I've been texting with him, shooting him some texts right now, congratulating him and letting him know how proud I am of him. Um, I think it means everything. No matter what happens moving forward, what me as a, as alumni, me as a fan, um, as and as an analyst, I can't help but see the emotion and the love he put on that field tonight. He left it all out there. His players left it all out there. He did every single thing he could possibly do to put them in the best position. Did he make mistakes? Of course, coaches make mistakes. But he coached at a high level with all the stakes, with with his back completely against the wall. Completely. That's as much emotion as I've seen pour through him, and you and I were teammates with him. Yes. And we know he's an emotional man, and he wants to win. He knew the importance because he's got two tough games in front of him with USC and Washington. Oh, man. Two extremely physical games, tough games. But you get to come back home. You get to come back to LaBelle Edwards Stadium. Talk about how difficult it is to go on the road. Even if Tennessee's down, talk about how difficult it is to go on the road and get a win in a, in a stadium like that. Oh, I mean, it, it means everything. And, and, and Tennessee being down doesn't mean they don't have the athletes. You have to understand there is a different level of recruiting in SEC recruiting. The kids that play in the SEC, have, they, have, they have the measurements. They have the speed. They have all the things that you're looking for. This comes down to pure grit. And, 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 and us as fans, and, and we have to understand that. When BYU goes across the country and beats Tennessee, whether Tennessee is on top of the world or down, it is a very, very big win. That is not easy to do. That is not easy to do. Uh, You told me I was emotional for Kalani, almost in tears watching him. Not even at the end of the game. I'm so proud of him for for their win, but I was emotional like, man, you really pulled it out. And and I needed to see it because I was down watching the game. I was down, hands. Yeah, there were times where it was looking pretty bleak. Very bleak. You know, there were times where BYU had very little chance to win this game. You know, there were all kinds of indicators. We're talking about 8 to 10% chance of coming back and winning this game. And BYU was able to get to that overtime. You have to complete with 20 seconds on the clock in regulation. No timeouts. You have to complete a, what was that, a 45? Five-yard pass? Well, they, yeah, I mean, they Let started me, at the 10-yard line, too. I mean, it, the tw- what, it was a 64-yard pass and run to Micah Simon. You, if you don't – with five seconds left, you spike the ball, get yourself – and then talk about the – Prescription products require an online physician consultation and are only inches. available if – Talk about the field goal that slipped through those uprights. Oh, my gosh. Just the pressure and, and the way they handled it. I, I don't think people understand. I hate to hear people say, well, they lost to this team or they lost to that team. That is the University of Tennessee 
a storied program, an SEC program, and BYU just flew across the country and picked up one of the biggest wins in Kalani's career. And I know we want, we want to say the Wisconsin game. The Wisconsin game is huge. This game meant so much to Kalani Sataki and the staff. They got it done, and now they've got to move on. And, and think about all the emotion that you put into that game, and what do you got next? Let's go USC. What do you got next? You got Washington. Washington. I mean, people, that, you have to look at the That is the, the schedule of a big uh, – that is a schedule – and that is the task of a big program. A big-time program. You know, a big-time program. You know, and BYU wants to be a big-time program. They want to play with the big boys and be a big program, and you're going to have to get ready next week for USC. You're talking about a team that has completely exhausted themselves. That's back-to-back games that are very difficult. Complete, <laughs> and you've got to come back now and get ready for USC. And I'm sure Utah fans are sitting there like, yeah, well, that's what we do in a regular season. Well, I get that. But you're competing inside of that money, inside of that world, inside of that recruiting. And BYU is doing everything they can to try to stay up with this because it is not easy. Oh, not at all. Extremely difficult. Uh, Will Snowden, Hans Olsen, it is your Cougar Post Game Show. 855-340-9663. If you want to jump on air with us, that's 855-340-9663. And we'll throw you on air if you've got questions or thoughts of BYU fans that you want to weigh in on this. 855-340-9663. All right, Will, I, I want – and I know as former players we get caught in emotions of games. Sometimes you blink and you miss a couple plays. But I want you to do the best you can describing to BYU fans Jeff Grimes' play calls in the two overtimes. There were some moments where I think all of us – there was a third and one that – he called a pass that was what in the third quarter. No, no, that was early. That was early in the game. Third and one, and we throw and we and we throw a pass. And it threw a pass, and 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 there were some real letdown calls and letdown moments. But I want you to walk BYU fans through some of the play calling in the first and second overtime because it felt like they dialed up on a corner that was sleeping and it just got burned by Simon, and it feels like they were running and they they even were able to run a. a a fairly nice gadget play that oh, worked. Yeah, yeah. I mean, really, fans, you got we got to look at it. And, and what I did see is you saw that we started going to a, lot, a little bit of speed option, right? So we we, we we kept we had some success attacking the edge, running speed option, making the defensive end commit, and pitching the ball out to Tyson. But what the, one of the plays I loved the most was the reverse off of that off of that action. So coach players, I mean fans, when you're watching the game and you're like, why do they keep on running that play? There's something coming off of it. And and you have to have the perfect timing to do it. And that play was huge to pick up a big first down or get us nine yards. It was just big to hold them accountable on the backside because we were able to, to get that reverse rolling and there was no one over there. Obviously the Tennessee guys could run and they came and stopped him after, I, don't, I can't remember if it was nine or 15 yards, but that was a big play. But he did attack the backside corner who got beat by Micah Simon and as you saw, as you saw at the end um, he got beat again and uh, the kid's going to have to go and, and, and regroup I hope he can regroup but I think that was great play calling to go back at him and attack him Chumway came up big too talk about the Tyson the two Tyson Williams carries in the second overtime that sealed it oh man 
Uh, it takes walk people through that final play that got pushed into the end zone. Well, what was beautiful about it is number one, the first run was great by Tyson. Great patience, right? He has great patience, and more importantly, what Tyson has shown me is balance. When you look at a running back, the, all the greats, and in state, you can look at these guys, and, and I'll tell you right now, in the state of Utah right now, you have dudes who can run the ball. You look up at Utah State. They've got guys who can run the ball. Will you Moore know, is special. Will, but, but don't forget about Jalen Warren. Jalen Warren, the transfer from, from – That's just ran, actually who I meant. Okay, Jalen Warren ran for 141 yeah. last week. And then you know what we've got what, – what the Utes have, Moss. And now you have at Brigham Young University – Obviously a guy who is a big-time running back, but he has great balance, great vision, great patience, and I don't know if people understand what it is to stay on your feet in that mesh. Did he get did he get uh, nicked up a little bit in the middle of that game? Yeah, Cause I, he, was in the, he was in the— uh, he, he, Would you have seen the rotation of a super? Would you have seen Peeney when, when things were going so well for Tyson, or did he get nicked up and have to come out for him? I, I think he got nicked up, but you still want to always have a, a, a second punch. You know, you got to protect your guy enough, but really they haven't figured out that 100% Tyson needs more than 20 carries. That's what he's here for. He needs 20 carries, and he should have, he should have already been at 20 carries before we got to the overtime. He's 17 t- carries for the whole game, 14 through four, four quarters. That's still averaging, what is that? That's four and a half a, a, a quarter. That's just not enough for, for a player of that caliber. Four and a quarter a quarter is not enough for him. But I think that they will go back and look at the film because they must have done that last week and said we've got to make some changes. But still early, I did not like the way BYU came out. Yeah. They came out saying this is who we are. We want to throw the ball, and we're going to just do it whether it works or not. And that will not get it done. And I think Kalani today is really going to look back and say, if we want to win these games, we don't need to score 55 points. We need to slow the game down, feed the beast, let him run the ball, protect our quarterback, and and set up gadgets off of what we're that doing. That is how this BYU offensive line is built. <coughs> Did you? I mean, you can almost see the countenance of the offensive line go from shrunk, giving up four sacks, to a to Giants feeling like, oh wait, you believe in us to move some people? That's, oh, well, we'll go move some people well, then. Well, I mean, listening to you talk about it, you're an NFL. You played in the NFL as an offensive lineman. Yes. You've also been on the other side as a defensive lineman yes. at a Division One program, at, and you've done it at a high level. What would you rather have? Run. You would rather, if you're on a defensive line, you'd rather have me pass. Sell, pass so I can go get the quarterback. Yes. When I'm running at you, you don't like no. it. No. So I don't understand. So that system it just it's a very simple concept and BYU has to do better at it but I don't want to beat a dead horse there I'm going to enjoy this victory and then I'm going to talk Wednesday about what BYU needs to do moving forward with yeah. running the dang ball in order to be more consistent and not have these heart stopping moments offensively they can move the ball on the ground with this offensive line very effectively what was crazy was watching Zach Wilson in the most clutch moments find those passes. In those overtime moments, he, he in the cl- most clutch moments, they dialed up a corner that was on. He, he, he was down on his luck. Oh, man. That dude was down on his <laughs> but luck. But I'll tell you, the slant that he threw to the my guy. Talon Shumway. Talon Shumway, my guy. Will Snowden's been working with him since he was a young boy. Yeah. And coached him and have loved that kid. He dropped a dime on his chest. And, congr- and it was and, a great route. And Talon didn't. 
it, it didn't hesitate. And, and that's, Stuck to him. And so that's why BYU fans have to feel really happy with who they are, who they have leading them at quarterback. Yeah. Because a lot of quarterbacks aren't able. You have a game that's kind of up and down. But what he showed is he's a winner. He's a competitor. When, they, when, when everything's on the line, he can make the throws that you need him to make. All right, let's jump out to the phone lines, 855-340-9663. You could jump on with Will Snowden and myself. David, you are up first. Go ahead, David. Hey, guys. Uh, two things, man. I haven't felt this pump since probably the Hail Marys at Nebraska and Boise or maybe the 4th and nineteen. And, Will, I'm glad that you don't have to quit the Cougar preview show because Tyson got over 15 carries on your over-under. <laughs> oh, man, that is so true. Uh, uh, Will, there were moments where I thought I was going to lose you. Uh, and there was moments I was on the ground kicking my feet. And, and I'm not going to lie, Cougar Nation, I was swearing. I was angry. I was angry, but I calmed myself down, and I'm going to be back next week. I'm, I'm hoping that they'll have me back, but... Man, what a great game. And, uh, yes, he, he got over 15, but it took overtime, but I'll take it. 855-340-9663 to jump on the post game with us. Hans Olsen, Will Snowden, live at JCW's. The Burger Boys, man, we had some great food down here. If you're out driving around, you need a weekend event, you need a date night, you need a place to go grab some food, get yourself out to a JCW's. Great locations across the Wasatch Front serving you amazing burgers. Will Snowden, Hans Olsen, 855-340-9663. I want, you, I want you to talk a little bit more about Micah Simon. In that moment, what was the corner looking at, and how did Micah Simon get so open at the end of regulation with 20 seconds left and no timeouts? He hit him with the slow go and a double, basically a double move. He came out nice and slow, kind of like he was going to run some type of underneath route, which, which, which – you have to give the corner a little bit of leeway because he's thinking he's probably going to run it out, catch the ball, stop the clock. So he's probably trying to be a hero, and Micah hit him with a little bit of a double move, the slow go, ran right by him. And you can see that you can see the kid thinking, oh, what did Shoot. I do? Yeah. What did I do when Micah runs right by him? He's really – I mean, and the kid fought. He chased him down. Um, but, you know, it's a nice double move and a great ball, and a, it's drawn up at the right time. and. You know, that's what it's all about. But let's talk about Micah Simon and what he's actually been through. Last year, Micah was benched. Last year, Micah was dropping balls. This year, it's been no question that he's been the number one receiver on the outside. And I'm hoping that he can just keep it up, that his confidence continues to grow. Um, because he had a big game tonight, he was he was intric- he was he was very very important to this win. Obviously, yeah, great to see Micah Simon get involved on this, and you know that's that is the crazy thing about football. Big big coaching changes. You know, two corners, one that jacks up an ankle, one that gets in trouble with the law, and you end up with this corner who's trying to play makeshift. He's trying to be a bandaid does well throughout the night, has one lapse, and allows a deep ball to go over the top of his head. Actually catches up and makes the play. That almost went in for a touchdown to end it in regulation. But ends up catching up, making the play. Clock stops because of the first down. BYU gets on the ball, snaps it in two seconds. Five seconds left, they kick a 40-yard field goal to send it into overtime. In the second overtime, Tennessee is stopped they're forced to a fourth and 10 with a 40-yard field goal to to uh to 
put three points on the board. BYU gets the possession. BYU marches the length. What is it? The twenty-five. Will yeah. They go. They go all the. They go twenty-five and in. They get the touchdown, and the big victory in this one, twenty-nine to twenty-six. Pretty close to my twenty-eight to twenty-seven. It's yeah. not twenty-eight twenty-seven, but it's pretty close. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's pretty close to my twenty-seven twenty-four. Pretty close. Yeah, I mean, and. As the game was progressing, I wasn't sure we were going to be coming out on the winning end of our predictions. Uh, as that thing was progressing, there were a lot of times where my countenance was dropping because I, I, I was worried that this BYU defense would wear down or drop their heads like they did against Utah, and they didn't. Kyrus Tonga had a massive tackle in the backfield when Tennessee was trying to drive to ice this game. Tennessee, all they needed to do was get themselves one more first down, and it's iced. Kyrus Tonga beats his block, gets in the backfield, hits the guy for a three-yard beats loss. Beats his box. He beats his tail. He beat the young man's tail. He, he absolutely manhandled him. It was a bull rush of a monster Back into the back into the backfield, huge play at the right time. What a great motor at that time of the game! And I'll tell you, that's another thing BYU has to grow on. Last week, uh, Mr. Moss is running up and down the field, right, with that nine minutes that they kept the ball. That has to pop into your mind when the game's on the line at the end again. That we've got to get a stop. And in your mind, you can quit or you can fight. BYU proved tonight that they're willing to fight. Jake Oldroyd had a big night. Oh my gosh, talk about talk about his three field goals and talk about the game that the kicker Jake. Oh, look, we don't spend a lot of time on kickers. Talk about the pressured kicks in that stadium. Talk about the, some of the kicks that he made and just his overall game, not just in in the kicking, but in the punting as well. Yeah, I mean, I've been really impressed with this kid. I mean, he's, I mean, he's, I mean, did he boom the heck out of the ball? Some punts too. There was, I mean, some there, one punt. There was one the laces came off. Oh, I, I thought, I think it might still be in the air. It was a big boom. He boomed it, and then obviously three big kicks. I mean, obviously that's their job. But is, can you imagine the pressure? the pressure of coming in and making that kick and you don't really have a time a lot of time to prepare because excuse me simon makes that big long run that big long catch and then before you know it you got to line up and make a kick and you've got to do it quickly he handled the pressure well in a tough atmosphere and gosh i just can't say enough i can't say enough about a lot of things that these guys did now i'm not going to crown the cougars this is one win but it's a dang big win and it also puts us in a situation where no matter what happens moving forward there shouldn't be any panic now it's time that they can take a uh, take a breath look at what they did well against this team look at what they didn't do well go fix it and get ready to get it get it get it on with usc trojan jets week 855-340-9663 to jump on the post game with us live at JCW's. That's 855-340-9663 if you're just tuning in. Great night for BYU. It was entertaining at the highest point. I mean, that is as much drama as you can pack into a game. Two coaches coaching for their lives. Two quarterbacks doing everything they can to eliminate the mistakes coordinators trying to learn off of the earlier quarter mistakes. Finally, BYU figures it out. They put it in the hands of Tyson Williams, and Tyson Williams does work. You know, Will, you really did put your finger on this kid early on. 
You so. knew that, yeah, you knew that this kid. I, I figured that with the combination of this offensive line, I'll tell you what, man, the first half of this game, I'm looking at that offensive line like, well, what's going on? But I think that offensive line is looking at Jeff Grimes like, what's going on? What's going on up there? <laughs> what are we doing? Yeah. If I'm an offensive lineman and, and I feel like I've got a defensive lineman on the angle and, I, and my double teams are working and they're sitting three-man front and we're not running the ball, I am looking at my coordinator thinking, what are you doing up there? I will do what I can, but I've got SEC rushers off the edge here. <laughs> and I've got a quarter. And, and Wilson was – the ball was sticky in his hands it was. in the want, first half. Oh, yeah, because first off, the the, the, the defensive backs are, are – I mean, I saw him hold hold off on some throws he could have stuck, but I think he was concerned that, you know what, they might jump this, and I don't want to turn the ball over. But at the end of the day, I saw it in, in, in young Impey's eyes. He got bull rushed and put on his back when and they got to Zach and I and I could see that he was like, "Why in the heavens are we doing this? I do not get bull rushed Why like this." But are what, you just what, putting me right here? You're putting me in a bad situation. Yeah, and people, we have to look at that. You're putting the kids in a bad situation when you don't let them get off and be and be the hammer instead of actually the nail. And and people have to understand when you're pass blocking all game, you become the nail. You're not the hammer. When you set the when you set the tone that I'm going to come out and get you uh, get, hit you first, D line. You become the hammer, and then it makes things easier when you want to throw the ball. It's a pretty simple concept. We'll take a quick break. Jake Hatch is live in Tennessee. He is grabbing the sound. You'll hear from Kalani Sataki. You'll hear from these BYU players. That's all coming up on the BYU post game show live from JCW's at the Plum Tree Shopping Center here in Provo. Hans Olson, Will Snowden. We're going to take you on for quite a bit longer. If you'd like to call in, give us your thoughts on the game. Eight five five three four zero nine six six three. Your calls. Kalani Sataki sound and more analysis of this big BYU win 29-26 over Tennessee coming up next. And it hooks through to get BYU on the board with 19 seconds to go in the first quarter. Career long is 51 by Samantha. This will be a 51-yard try to extend the lead to seven. It's got the leg. It's good. Brett Samaglia matches a career best 51-yard boot. Seven on BYU. Samaglia will try the field goal. 39-yard attempt on fourth and one. Tennessee's lead is 10 in September for BYU. But they get a pick here. It's intercepted by Fanua, taking it back inside the 20-yard line. He almost had the pick on the Tennessee touchdown in the first half. Here he secures it and returns it 22 yards. Cougars keep it on the ground. Third and six. It's a first down and more. Williams headed into the end zone. Touchdown, BYU. Samaglia will try the field goal. 39-yard attempt on fourth and one. He's got it. And Tennessee's lead is 10. 33-yard attempt by Aldroyd. It's good. Wow, Tennessee thought he missed it. But it's good. One second left in regulation. We're tied at 16. 
Now the football's in the hands of the sophomore, Zach Wilson, who last year became the youngest quarterback in BYU history to start a game at 19 years, two months old. Has not done a lot through the air tonight, and they do not have any timeouts. Wilson throws it deep. Oh, my goodness, receiver wide open. There you go. Some of the highlights coming back from this BYU-Tennessee game. BYU gets the win 29-26. We're live at JCW's. Hans Olsen, Will Snowden, your Cougar postgame show. Jake Hatch live in Tennessee. He'll be getting Kalani Sataki sound, sending it over shortly. And if you're just tuning in, just catching up with what happened in this BYU game, Will, I just want you to kind of set the scene in the final two overtimes and how this game ended. You got a long fight. Can you? I mean, really, I'm just sitting here still shocked and just in awe and excited and happy. Um, I mean, how can I set the scene? I mean, you know, the game's on the line. Zach makes a huge throw to, uh, up the sideline. You know, Tennessee has a blunder, and Mike Asima comes up big. Uh, Zach looks, I mean, it looks like Zach is obviously pretty comfortable with Micah. That was who he was looking for. Threw the ball to Micah. He made a great play. And more importantly, you have our, the kicker makes a great kick to put us in a position. And then they, and then all of the momentum went to BYU. And I got a chance to see Zach Wilson be the leader that he is, make the throws that he can make. That That's the reason he's the guy that's starting. And he's the guy that has the keys to the city, right? So... And, and there were moments in that game where he didn't look like Zach Wilson. There were moments where he looked rattled, stirred up, uh, confused. It looked like his receivers were closed up, and he was having to make some makeshift plays. In fact, Will, before that deep ball that goes to Micah Simon with 20 seconds left, there were some really bad moments and bad plays and locked-up receivers. You're eyeballing Matt Bushman until the sun sets over the mountains and comes back on the other side of the earth. Like, yeah. you're, you're sitting there watching, watching, watching. I, he never pops open. And, and, but what I think is when Zach looks at the film, he's going to see, I've got to take what they give me. I've got to take what they give me. And there were several balls. There, there were, I mean, there were several times tonight that Zach held onto the ball well too, just way too long when he could have dumped the ball to backs underneath. Um, so I think it, it's a good – I mean, the best thing is to win a game that you didn't play that great in so you can get that, into that film and actually identify how you can be prepared to play USC next week. Um, if you would uh, like to jump online with us, 855-340-9663. That's 855-340-9663. Let's jump out to our next caller. It is Tyler. Go ahead. Hey, Hans and Will. Appreciate uh, your guys' coverage. Um, you answered my question. One, one of them I was going to ask about Bushman, uh, what to what deal with is only one, one throw to him, but it sounds like he was staring down and it wasn't open. But uh, I was wondering what your guys' thoughts were on Zach Wilson's uh, lack of escaping the pocket as if, as if like the coaches didn't tell him to, or 
or maybe he tweaked, a, tweaked an ankle or something like that previously. Um, I'll just uh, hang up and listen to your guys' remarks about him and how that could have helped the game. Sorry, I wasn't able to catch the uh, I wasn't able to catch the question there. Um, hopefully, he can call back in and throw that question uh, at us again. I think he was talking about: Does he think that Zach didn't escape the pocket well tonight, or if he's hurting or something? I I really couldn't hear it. But I, I, at the end of the day, I, I do think that the the reality is he did. I think he got out of the pocket a little bit too much um, tonight. I think he needed to stand in the pocket a little bit more well, and dump the ball to back. If, if that was a question about Zach Wilson's pocket presence, which it very well may have been, Zach Wilson, we saw what Utah did to Zach Wilson, and we know Tennessee had that game film. Utah played sound lane rushing defense. And, Will, there's been multiple times in my career, multiple times I've seen it in a game where you've got a quarterback that just gets in lanes. If you just play sound lane defense, it makes it really difficult because every time they go to dip into a lane, they're like, whoa, that's backed up. So then they've got to come back to the pocket, and if you've got backside rush, which we saw a couple times, then it's a sack. Yeah. And and so all Tennessee had to do was just play sound lane defense, and you're going to get that from USC. And you're going to get that from Washington. And you're going to get that from Gary Anderson. And you're going to get that from Coach Harson at Boise State. Yeah, you are. You're now going to get that every game. You're going to get that from Rocky Long at San Diego You're State. going to get that every game. Yeah. It will be sound lane rushing. Now, I'm not saying that he can't sneak out and find some room. He can. He will be able to. But that was, that was a sign that Tennessee knew exactly what Utah did. They, they jammed up the lanes, and they made it really difficult for Zach Wilson to beat anybody. Yeah. Because Zach is potent on his, on his feet. Yeah. He is a very good runner out of the pocket. 855-340-9663 if you want to jump on the phone with us. Will, take us into the performance right now of the offensive line and what you saw from them. Uh, you know, I know you mentioned you mentioned James Impey in the, in the pass set and getting pushed back. We saw, I believe it was Herring, the right guard in the first quarter. He got swam, gave up a sack. We saw the right offensive tackle. I think it was Lachance. We saw him dip his head. He gave up a big pressure. But then they started to come around. Did you notice anything in pass protection and overtimes where the pocket was setting? Or or is that just more Zach Wilson and his release? Well, well, I mean, it's kind of tough. I I really have to look at the film. Well, I I thought that... uh, Listen, I have to be honest, the way that I evaluate everything, um, I always look at coaching first, and are you putting the kids in the best position to succeed? I know that if I play defensive line right now as a 41-year-old man, I don't want anyone coming out to run block me. So I'd much rather have a chance to try and rush the quarterback. It gets very hard. This is the very technical position playing an offensive line. People don't understand how great of athletes offensive linemen are in that trench. So I, I don't want to go too far. I think they fought hard. At the end of the day, they fought hard, but I think they were put in some bad situations a little bit in, in some of the past. Uh, I think late in the game, once they got the run going, uh, they were able to they were able to just kind of move those guys off the ball. And obviously you have a top-level back like Tyson who gets north and south and who has the speed to break a long one, um, and things, uh, things became pretty easy for them. Jarrett Guarantano, the quarterback for Tennessee, ends up 17 of 28 for 176 yards through two touchdowns and also through the interception to Kavika Kavika. Fonua. 
Tennessee ended up in the backfield with Ty Chandler going for 26 carries and 154 yards. You saw that that run game was opening up. What did you see that was giving Tennessee some lanes? Because there were multiple times where it looked like Tennessee was going to do what BYU needed to do and just run the game and the clock out. Yeah, and I think that when they go back, they're going to say, we should have ran the ball even more. I don't know how many carries it was, 30, I don't know, a lot. Um, I think they'll look back and think they should have ran the ball a little more. The reality is they got some good guys up front. They were moving our guys off the ball. And also, you saw BYU, what I loved about it is they did get tired, but they continued to fight. They did fight. They fought because at the end of the game, when uh, when uh, Tennessee had already run the ball 37, 38 times at you, 50, 50 runs at, at you, your, your D-line is going to get tired. It, it, it's going to get tired. That happens. And um, but, but they didn't they, quit. But they didn't quit. So, And then also I think that you had some newer backers playing too. I mean, Kavika's still learning this Mike backer spot. Um, Ayu is still learning how to be a physical backer and to have that presence inside the box. So I, I think that they'll kind of look at that and say, okay, i got to get downhill a little bit more, take on blocks a little bit more, shed blocks a little quicker, and get to the ball. Okay, you talked about the corners and the, the, the switch out that we'd see from BYU. How did you feel about the corners play for BYU? Uh, you had Juwan Jennings, who ended up with four catches for 88 yards. Josh Palmer, four catches for 56 yards. And Marquez Callaway ended up four for 22. A total of 176 through the air. I want you to talk about BYU's corners, how you felt they played, and how you felt about the move for Zane Anderson. Yeah, I felt like the corners played very good. Uh, Looking at the scheme tonight, they they really were bend, don't break. They'll give up the underneath stuff, but no verticals. So I mean, there's one, like, out route that I saw where the corner's, like, 10 yards behind, you know, (laughs) ahead of the – the out route. So obviously they're playing some type of just bend, don't break, don't let don't let someone run by you. Corners played fine. I thought Zane was effective, um, but the person that I was really impressed with today was Austin Lee. He was on fire. He was a real leader on that field tonight. Austin Lee, uh, that was as good as I've seen him play. Period. Eight five five three four zero nine six six three. If you want to jump on, any questions with the BYU post game show? Will Stoughton, Hans Olsen, live at JCW's here in Provo. We'll take you for a little bit longer. We'll get some sound. You'll hear from Kyle Whitting, or sorry, you'll hear from Kalani Sataki. You're going to get some of the player sound and much more coming out of this BYU win, twenty nine twenty six over Tennessee. More BYU post game show coming up next. We're watching Stanford-USC right now. Will, where are we with that Stanford-USC game? 17-10 Stanford with uh, 9-20 left in the in the second quarter. And I'll tell you, Stanford's been effective running the ball against USC. I can't lie. I've already started game planning for next week. And uh, Stanford is running the ball at USC, and USC does not is, like it. Is that why you were shaking bit. the finger? Oh, yeah. I, I, I saw you shaking the yeah, finger. Yeah. So you're taking note that, that this really should be another – Running opportunity for BYU. For Brigham Young University. Hey, At home. Hey, I, 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 we've, Will and I at times find ourselves almost overly critical at moments. It's just it's part of our nature because we've worked in the game, played the game for so long, know these coaches so well. And, Will, I think we can both safely say that the opening game plan for this Tennessee matchup was off. Period. The game plan was off. Yes, and, 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 and I don't. I didn't like the game plan at all. Did did Grime? Did, okay, who needs to recognize that overtime and second half and run game was on? 
Who needs – is that Grimes that needs to recognize that? Is that Kalani that needs to recognize – does Kalani need to take a Kyle Whittingham approach of, all right, Yes. here's what we're going to do? Yes. I, I really hope that he will. I mean, and I think that he has to go down, break down the film, and see why we were in the situation that we were. How did we get to the situation that we were inside of the game? Yeah, we've got to be honest. I am so happy with this victory, but they, they got out of it with by the skin of their teeth. Right, let's just be honest. I mean, they, you know, if that corner, and this is not a good Tennessee team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, 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 yes, they're, they're, they have to identify once again what is Brigham Young's identity. I'm still not sure. I'm still not sure. I'm looking at Stanford right now, and I understand their identity, who, who it is they want to be offensively. I understand who BYU wants to be defensively. I still don't know offensively yet, and I think this week I, I, it's going to have to be we take a look. Kalani is the boss, and he needs to set the tone for what's going to be happening offensively. Yeah, because it, you can't come out against USC and do this again. You can't. And, and another thing, I mean, in, 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 in nothing but respect and love for Kalani, he is a, one, he's a very respected defensive coordinator. And I want to ask him the question, what would you rather have, Utah throwing the ball every time or running the ball at you every time? Utah or BYU? Yeah, I'm saying if he's coaching, if he's, if he's just coordinating a defense, yeah. would you rather have someone running at you with a lot of different looks or would you have him, rather have him throwing at you? you much rather have him throwing. Every day of the week. It, it, so, so, so he just has to go back to the basics of what he would want, his, uh, what he would want to defend against and, and go from there. 855-340-9663. If you want to jump on the BYU postgame show, Hans Olsen, Will Snowden, 97.5, 12 into the zone. Waiting for some Kalani Sataki sound. Kalani currently at the podium. Uh, I'm sure he's up there with some of the players as well. We'll get that sound to you momentarily. If you're just tuning in, BYU gets the win, 29-26 to over Tennessee. Hard-fought game, goes into double overtime. A lot of big performances in this game. A lot of guys stepping up in a really big way in this game. Can you talk a little bit more about Kavika Fonua at the middle linebacker position? Because we saw the interception. What other things did you see from him, Will? Well, everything. I mean, I, 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 I told you guys, I told you from the beginning of the season that I believed Kavika could do it. And the reason I believe Kavika could do it is the level of athlete that he is. He's a very, very good athlete. Now, I still think he's learning on the run. But I think today, he, it, it, you know how it is when you were a freshman playing for the first time, and you had to build your confidence. Like, do I sure. really know what I'm doing out here? 100%. Right? I, I remember that. I mean, I went back and watched my freshman film against Washington, and I've told you, I don't know what in the heavens I was doing on the field. I was lost. The whole thing. I was a disaster. Besides, I had two tackles that game because we threw some picks, mm-hmm. and uh, but on blocks that <laughs> on blocks that I missed probably because forcing the quarterback to throw it. My point is this: Kavika is learning on the run. He's a great athlete, and I think he's going to end up being very efficient there at linebacker. Here's some of the numbers from tonight: Micah Simon ends up with seven catches for 127 yards. Tyson Williams, 17 carries for 92 yards and two touchdowns. Really, that turned on later in the second quarter and then into the third quarter. Tyson Williams got going. He got nicked up a little bit. You bring in Asupa. Asupa gets three carries for 17 yards. There was a bit of a lull, and then they get Tyson Williams back in, and he starts doing work. He's a good running back. 
and he is a guy I think BYU has to lean on. And BYU's offensive line is much better in run blocking than they are in pass blocking. So I think you use that as a combination, and you get that ground game going. You push it against USC, you push it against Washington, and you start pushing it when you get into the back end of your schedule. Let's jump back out to the phone lines, 855-340-9663. That's 855-340-9663. We're also going to hear from Jake. We're also going to hear from Jake Hatch here momentarily, and we will get out to him who is live in Tennessee and get his thoughts from the stadium. That had to have been an amazing environment. It, it, okay, so will in some of those crunch moments tonight watching BYU how many times did you think to yourself if I could only just be a player again for five minutes I mean is this is that not the game that you would want to play in oh yeah I mean I would love I mean all of these games man I I, that that's one thing I do envy is these guys like I said being in the being in the locker room this type of big win nowadays it's a little bit different you know right now Kalani is probably dancing you know in in the locker room Lavelle wasn't a dancer Actually, no one on our staff were dancers, and that's a damn they didn't good thing. Even, no, they no. didn't even fake it. No, no, no. Not, they didn't give you anything. Not, not even. No. Not even a woogie. Not like, even, you know, no you, you've seen the video, like, of Kyle Whittingham coming into the – he comes into the locker room. Even Kyle will, like – Give you something. He, yeah, he'll, he'll shake it. shoulder from, movement. Kalani absolutely will shake it. Even Bronco I saw a couple times. Oh, with, yeah, Bronco. I, I think I saw Bronco doing, a, you know, twerking. Yeah. <laughs> we – I'm talking, like, you – you, you, did you see Bronco doing that? For well, 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 listen, he was doing whatever he would call, you know, whatever he'd be doing. But at the end of the, at the, end of the day, Bronco's dancing. And today, I guarantee you, Kalani has been doing some dancing. And I, I, I wish I could be a part of that. Hey, our coaches never dance, man. Oh, no, no. No, Tom Ramage was never, he was never going to dance. Could you imagine Lance Reynolds jumping no. out on the dance floor just no. and giving us something? But I know that these coaches, former coaches, are probably watching this extremely happy for Kalani Sataki. Jake Hatch live in Tennessee for this game in these overtimes. And Jake, I'm first of all, I'm envious because you're you were as close to the field as you can get without being a player. Second of all, yeah. could you have been at a more entertaining, more high drama <laughs> game in in the country in that moment? Just kind of take us into those two overtimes and what that that stadium was like. Well, Tennessee fans are sitting right behind me, and as soon as that pass to Mike Simon was completed, there was a guy losing his mind. <laughs> Tennessee fan, and he's like, "You guys just lost it." And I turn around, I'm like, "You haven't lost it yet, but okay, you keep you keep thinking that." But yeah, the vibe around it absolutely crazy. Newland was absolutely nuts. Fans going berserk, and as soon as that, uh, as soon as Tyson Williams punched in that touchdown, you just saw the energy die out, and guys, they. Tennessee fans just took off. They all just like, kind of ran to the exits. BYU fans obviously going bonkers and having the time of their life. But the vibe around it, this was absolutely incredible. It appeared to me maybe 10,000-plus BYU fans I thought were in the stands. So absolutely a crazy atmosphere. I know that you sent Kalani Sataki sound, and I know that you had an opportunity to see these players. Kind of give us his thoughts, and we'll play that sound here momentarily. Yeah, they're all a pretty happy bunch. They were having a good time. They came into the postgame locker room. Much different mood, obviously, than last week with that loss to Utah. But very happy bunch that you can tell that they're very pleased with the outcome of this game. Let's put it that way. 
So in that overtime, did do you feel like the what 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 was the Tennessee crowd like when they ended up getting stopped and having to kick the field goal? Kind of take us into that moment. Oh, they were booing. They were not happy. I told you about that guy on the big play to Mike Simon. His his mood after that. Well, there were multiple like fans after that. They got stopped on that third down. That one guy, the same guy, kind of said. Well, here we go. We might lose this game now, and just crazy to think that's how it all went down. But that's that's how it goes. And I think the biggest thing from the Tennessee crowd is they believed that they were going to win this game. Every they just they believed in the entire way until Tyson Williams punched that ball into the end zone. You saw Tennessee how they had a chance, and it just fell apart on them. So a big time win for the Cougars. Uh, you, I don't know how close you were to the sideline watching Kalani and his emotion, but it was very apparent on air, Jake, that Kalani was a, in a next level of emotion. Uh, Will and I know him yes. as, a, as a teammate. We, we know him in so many different levels. Even Will and I sat there uh, really uh-huh. choking back tears for our former teammate thinking, oh, my gosh, this guy, I can't imagine the flood of emotion that was pouring out of him in that moment. Oh yeah, no, I I could see. I was so you guys saw I posted that tweet of that touchdown run. I immediately looked over and Kalani Sataki and his team just going berserk. You could tell this win, having his team fight back like they did to win this game, meant a lot to him personally. You could just kind of see that a lot of emotion come out of him as he celebrated that win. Uh, was this your first time in Neyland? This is my first time in Neyland. I've never been to Tennessee, and I have to say this is a great stadium, a great environment, and what a game. Yeah, take yeah. Talk to it to us about that. What was the you know just kind of yeah. the, the pregame ambience, and then the just the the feel of game day in Neyland. Uh, the, the BYU fans that are currently listening, I'm sure a lot of them would have loved to been there in that tailgate. Would have loved yeah. to been there in that BYU crowd. And then finally, Jake, talk about that BYU crowd. The influence maybe that they had or didn't have, but it seemed like there were well plus ten thousand fans there. Yeah, there was a lot of fans here celebrating. I actually can see them. From where I'm standing, I'm standing near the BYU locker room. There are there are a bunch of fans standing outside of the gates here, still celebrating, still hooting and hollering, having a great time. But this is the mood around this. Tennessee, this is the epitome of the SEC, if you ask me. I know that people would say Alabama has got the best ambiance and whatnot in terms of what the SEC is all about. But Tennessee is about as SEC as it comes. The, the tailgating all around the stadium, it took us a good 15 minutes to even walk down here from where we were parked. There are tailgates going on all the time. And just the the whole environment around this program screams SEC. So for BYU to come in and do what they did, it's a, it's a big-time result for them because I think they can take a walk from this win. Well, Jake, thanks for the coverage out there. Great job getting that sound. We will hear from Kalani momentarily. Anything that we need to be listening for in the Kalani Sataki sound? Uh, just pay attention to what Kalani has to say, just kind of about how, the, how, how, he, how proud he was of his team for fighting back here. There's also some audio from Micah Simon. He talks a lot about what happened on that big pass, that, he, that 64-yard pass he got late in the game. Uh, Tyson Williams also, pay attention to what he had to say. He, he talked a lot about being worried that they were going to whistle him down on that touchdown run. He was really excited when they did, and they signaled touchdown for him. Jake, thanks so much. Travel safely back, and we'll see you on Monday morning, okay? Thanks, boys. Talk to you soon. Great stuff by Jake Hatch covering BYU there in Tennessee. Neyland Stadium does a fantastic job for us here on all the different BYU insight and coverage. All right, Kalani Sataki takes to the podium, has some postgame sound. Here is Kalani's thoughts on the big BYU win over Tennessee. Well, uh, great game, obviously. Happy about the outcome. Um, 
defense. He did some really good things. I think we just had some plays go our way and and uh, made some breaks and, and were able to come out victorious and had uh, a couple more plays than when they did. So um, thankful that it took all you know all uh, all three phases to make this work and uh, just proud of our guys and how resilient they were in this game. So I'll take any questions you guys have for me. What did you see on the side of this well, I think it was it might have been a broken coverage, or because uh, you know we protected for quite a while, and, and um, I don't know just uh, they they really did a good job of taking away a lot of the deep throws um, throughout the game, and uh, I think Zach just was able to make a throw and trust that Michael would be there, and I think it worked out. You know, and, um, I'm just glad that they tackled us as early as they did, so we can kick the field goal and, and uh, get this game into overtime. So I don't know if uh, how close he was to scoring the entire thing, but. Uh, just glad that we were able to get that play done. It's like watching Jake out there. It's been really solid for you all season, but that's a big kick in a pressure environment. Everybody going crazy. Yeah, just, just he's been in that situation before, but he's he's so mentally strong. It's um, you know I, I think that just we trusted him to be on the field. And there's a time that we could have gone for uh, gone for it. We're close in the red zone or so, and on the other side, of the, um, you know, we're on the other side of the, of the fifty and. We just felt like if we kicked the field goal, that would get us closer. And, and depending on how we can, if we can stop them on a four-minute situation when they're trying to grind the clock, um, we knew that we'd have to call on him again to make a field goal. Well, I mean, it, it was one of those things where I was like, okay, great, they're going to review this and say that it's not a touchdown. But then I saw the refs running off, so and they told us that there's going to be confirmed. And I was just proud of those guys. I, I think that was a great way to end the game. Had Tyson, um, you know, he's been he came from the SEC and and uh, he's been here before, and, and so I think it was just nice to have him do that with the O line. It looked like a big old scrum play, you know, from uh, from the offense, and uh, I thought that was uh, pretty aggressive for our offense to call the reverse, you know, early and on that on that overtime drive. And but uh, I just like the fact that our guys executed well. I think the key for us was taking care of the football, you know, and, and um, we had some mishaps. I think the crowd noise got to us, and we were able to practice with the noise in, in, in our indoor, but it wasn't anything like what we could, what you get out here in Neyland. I mean, it was, this just a different feel, and you couldn't hear anything, and so they were able to, with the crowd, able to, um, you know, have an effect on us. Luckily, we were able to jump on the ball, but other than that, I think we, we were able to rally back and kind of settle down a little bit and then um, execute some plays. I mean, you have to give them a lot of credit. I thought their defensive game plan was really smart, and they were aggressive in some points, and they they, uh, you know, they were uh, able to run the ball on offense. It's something that we have to be able to control, but um, you know, we, we were, our run fits weren't, fit, weren't doing well, and they were making some good blocks on us too, but I think we made it a little easier on them. But um, And then the running back broke some tackles, and that, that was, it's just hard to, Play, um, you know, to play error-free against these guys with the athleticism and the size that they have, and uh, I just I think we're fortunate to come out with the win. What was what the message to Zach to do what he did after not a real great regulation? What was that? What enabled Zach to kind of get it together there in the regulation? You know, I think it got a little quiet for him. I mean, to be honest with you, it wasn't as, um, you know, we. I think he was able to settle down a little bit and. and um, I don't know. It just it just seemed like he was a little bit more under control and more poised, you know. And uh, I think it could just trouble. I think I think for him, just trusting the line to block for him, um, it's hard when when they're coming at you. They had some really good um, pressure packages too. So, um, 
but uh, I just, I'm just thankful that we were able to keep them balanced and run the ball a little bit. We didn't run the ball very well in the first half, and the second half we were established some type of run game to keep them guessing a little bit, and, and, and uh, so they weren't just focused on just coming after us in a pass rush or a blitz package. How well they ran the ball, Coach? It seemed like late in the game things clicked or something. What was the difference there with the, with the front seven or eight that you guys were able to penetrate the offensive line and, and meet those guys at the line or behind the line? Well, I mean, we, we used a bunch of different guys to keep fresh, you know, and um, I think uh, they were able to really grind us in the run game and block us. And, and it wasn't just the tight ends and the whole line. The, the receivers are doing a good job of blocking on the line of scrimmage. Um, and they did a lot of things to, to keep us, um, you know, off balance. I thought they were able to uh, use some of the, the quick pass game. Um, it was – it got to the point where we felt like we were just going to make it really hard on them to score. And, and defensively, I just thought our guys played really well. It wasn't like we were being over-aggressive. We are just making them earn everything, you know. And um, looking at, at what we did on, on the defensive side, I'm glad we were get the stops. And uh, our guys just keep playing, man. And I, I consider those stops as, as a turnovers, you know. It was frustrating after the first touchdown because, like, man, we fourth down, we tipped the pass and they caught it. Um, but, you know, we had a good talk with Kavika. He was right there in, in this position and he got the pick in the second half. So... Uh, we just keep plugging away and and, um, and stay positive. And you know, in, in the overtime period, our guys are having fun, man. Our guys are smiling and having a good time and enjoying the game. And that's what it's all about. What's the significance of this win for your program? Oh, it's just huge. I mean, I, I, we, we obviously look at the schedule and we, we know games that we want to win and we want to perform well. I don't think our guys are really proud of what they did last week, but we talked about getting over that feeling. The best way to do it is to play the next week and prepare for it. And, you know, we... Um, came in Friday last week and started working on Tennessee and got a good jump start on it and I'm glad that we, our guys came with a, a sound mind and getting ready for the game and they're aggressive and in, in uh, preparing for it so um, our players like our coaches and our players worked extremely hard I was really pleased with how our coaches put the game plan together in all three phases and how our guys executed we talked a little bit about that last week to execute better and, and minimize the mistakes it wasn't an error-free game we made tons of mistakes still but uh, when you have guys that just work hard and their effort is all there you can still build we can still build on that and, and uh, find ways to make plays in the second half and then and you know afterwards in when we weren't doing so well in the beginning Ironically, uh, Simon was listed as a game time starter. Is it going to be him or Romney? Why did you go with Simon? I think the guys just rotated quite a bit to stay fresh, and uh, I think it was just his time to be on in the, on the play. You know, um, a lot of the guys rotated, and our, our offensive coaching staff did a great job keeping guys fresh and, and playing a lot of different bodies. So you saw you saw Tyson, but you also saw Lopini play. You saw him, um, Soup run the ball too. So, yeah. Coach Jeremy Pruitt in his press conference just now said you guys willed yourself at the end yeah. to win that game, and that push was was as crazy the push he's ever seen. Talk about the will, the willing your team at the end there, and how much different it felt then versus other parts of the game. Well, we have great kids, and it's their parents that raised them the way that they are. I am fortunate to be their coach because they come with this resilient attitude to work hard. Uh, they get over losses really quickly because they want to learn, and they get over wins really quickly. We're going to have fun with this on the flight, but um, we're going to get back to work, you know. And uh, I, it's, I wish I could take credit for it, but these guys have great families and upbringing, and those that have that don't have the same family um, environment, they found it in our in our team because our players, the big brothers like Micah and others. We're there to really um, take care of them and, and nurture them in a football environment and, and be part of a family. So it's 
it's uh, these guys, they, they deserve it. The players deserve it, and I'm glad the coaches and myself were able to benefit from it. How satisfying was it in the second half to see guys like Kyrus, JJ, getting that push up front and starting to close their will? Yeah, you start to feel like they were getting stronger and stronger, and this is what we worked all hard. You know, we worked all offseason. Everybody does that, but um, just like our guys' mentality, they're, they're tired, but they're having fun, man. They're just playing the game, and, and it, was, it was cool just to have these guys smiling and enjoying it. And even times where it was really stressful, the guys were just having a good time. I mean, we, we had to make some big plays to win, but I, I just, I'm thankful that I have guys that, that are resilient and love playing the game, and they're great representatives of their families on the field. Yeah. Okay, what the last couple questions. Oh, we're 1-1. One one. We just we got to get ready for USC next week and, and uh, get them at home. So um, our guys are excited to go get a home win and, and uh, prep for that game. So this is it's it's the season, you know. Um, we've had big games and big wins before and haven't really learned from it. I, I think the best thing that came out of this is we came out pretty healthy. Um, and so we, that's the key. Last week we came out of that game pretty healthy, and our guys are conditioning and them taking care of their bodies is starting to really pay off in the, in the health of our team. I'll put you on the spot in the room, but how important has Micah been in the last two years to get Micah knows I love him. I love him. He's been an amazing leader for this team. He and the other guys, you know, we, we – uh, um, gave them a lot of ownership and, and a lot of decision making and in, 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 in getting this program going and the culture is thriving right now because of these players and how much they bought into their purpose here at BYU and um, just an honor for me to coach these guys and guys like Micah. Did you bust out the dance moves? But he knows that. Micah knows it. I didn't dance very well. My ankle's kind of busted up right now but it's worth it. Yeah. You talk about living in the moment. How, how do you let yourself enjoy these moments when you know, you're out there singing with the guys or dancing in the locker room. Oh, I'm going to have fun with it. I mean, I I possibly hurt my ankle, but I don't even care about that. It's just like a, I'm not trying to fish for toughness compliments or anything. No, I just I just felt like, uh, yeah, this is. <laughs> there you go, Kalani Sataki in the postgame com- press conference right there. And What I say about all that dance? <laughs> there, there's video of him out. <laughs> just, you see Micah Simon jumps up and, and it lands on his ankle. And you could see Kalani go, whoa, I think my ankle's bad. And he lifted it up and Micah's patting on his ankle. He looked like he might have hurt his ankle. Yeah, he's injured. Talking about Kalani. Yeah, he, he's injured. <laughs> well, you know, it comes with the territory. I just tweeted out a uh, <clears throat> just a quick cut of Kalani. And you can see the passion that, that's flown out of him. Oh, man. I was talking about him as a teammate, a friend, a father, a husband, everything. And, and Will, I know you know him as well as I know him. And we played with him for years. And, and we know this man really well. And Very well. He puts his heart into everything. Yeah. And, and, you know, people see some of the games where he's standing there almost befuddled, like a look on his face. like, And, and, and I think that there's sometimes there's hurt. Sometimes there's a little bit of confusion. Sometimes that there, there's thoughts running through his head. It's like, how could we have practiced the way we practice and we're out here doing this? I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. But tonight, having an opportunity to see his boys rise to that occasion was really special. Huge. Huge. And, 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 and it's enough for, for he's putting in the work. His guys love him. 
He's he's recruiting. It's a big win for Brigham Young football. It's a big win for Kalani Sataki. And this win, I mean, I don't want to speak too early, but this win definitely makes uh, everyone has to take a look at if is he truly the right guy for the job. I believe he is, uh, and uh, this is a big. This is very big for Kalani tonight. Listen, we knew going into this season that there was a possibility of one and three. Now, one and three looks like a, a fairly likely outcome. It could be a two and two. They could get the win against USC. They could do crazy things and surprise everybody. That's how football works. That's yeah. why you play the game. I like the matchups. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, the, the matchups are, are, are decent. So as, as long as they don't try to get creative and they understand what they are now should identify as, which yes. is a, a running team, they can do some really good things. So that is the absolute hope that this team could continue to focus on what they do well, build on what they do well. This offensive line is a good run blocking team. They showed that they may have some work to do in pass blocking. Yeah. Well, it, but you have to have everyone has work to do in pass blocking when the team feels like they know you're going to pass the ball. But it, let, 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 it's all good. I mean, it, it's all good, man. I, I've got nothing to say, but it's all good. I can't wait for the coaches to evaluate the film, identify the game plan moving forward, and uh, I think it's going to be a really good one. Last thing I want you to talk about, Will, is I want to know how a win like this, how does it affect the team? It's huge. Like, it, how does it affect an individual? It's like a shot of uh, vitamin B. It's energy. It's positive energy. It is very hard for any team to bounce back after 0-2. It's hard. You start believing, man, are we any good? I mean, are we? Are, I mean, I guess, we. you know, it, it's hard. This is the shot in the arm that they needed. They have confidence. They know they can play with anyone. You just beat an SEC team. I don't care if they're down. I don't care what it is. It's still SEC athletes, good ball players, top-level recruits, and BYU took care of them tonight. So this is the shot in the arm that they need. The belief is there, and USC better get ready for next week. USC better be ready because I, I do believe BYU is going to come back with, like you mentioned, a shot in the arm. It looks like Stanford's going to take care of USC. Well, it's early. I'm, I'm, I don't like to talk too early, but Stanford is is letting them know uh, we like to play physical. What, what, is it a, a seven-point lead in that game? Yeah, I, I can't see it right now. I've been watching, but uh, three-point lead. SC's coming back aggressively. And I do like this new quarterback. Just about to wrap this, up yeah, the half. True freshman, 6'8", court, starting quarterback, big boy. Six foot eight. Six foot eight. Obviously, losing JT Daniels was a big shot for USC trying to roll through quarterbacks. They had one that transferred in the first week of camp. The USC's had some struggles, but USC just finds the end zone. Yeah, and, and they, just takes the lead. They take the lead 24 20 if they can knock in the extra point. Wow. So. Uh, USC looks good. Look that that's that speed off the edge. I mean, <laughs> they got, don't, well. Let's not pretend like SC doesn't have the talent. Yeah. Let, I'm not going to sit here. Is there a talent gap? Let's stop with the silliness. SC has the dudes. BYU coaches are going to have to scheme and put their players in the best position to beat a team of that of that caliber. I know you're close friends with a lot of coaches on this BYU staff. How are how are they feeling? Everyone's I've, so just to give you an example of who I've talked to so far: Coach Clark, Coach Grimes, Coach Guilford, both Sadakis, Coach Roderick. They're on on fire right now. Uh, it, it, what's what's their overall sentiment? Just just is it relief? Is, I mean, it's relief. Coach Lamb, I, I talked to Coach Lamb a little bit earlier. I talked to Coach Lamb a little bit earlier, and uh, he he said this is a must win. 
It's a must. They have to get it. So it, it, it's, it's one of relief, and it's one to on to the next. I mean, you can't. I mean, how long can you be excited? Like Kalani said, he said he's like, we'll enjoy it on the flight home, and then you know, get home tomorrow, rest up, get to church like they always do, get the treatment that they need to get, and back on Monday, back to work to get ready for Saturday. Tyson, it's such a grind. Uh, Tyson Williams was at the podium. I want, I want to hear from Tyson. I love it. Yeah, I, I want to hear from Tyson because Tyson goes out in this game. He gets nicked up, comes out. The run game stalls. Gets back in, finds his momentum. You know, you talked about his patience, and we'll hear from him in just a second. You talked about his patience. I mean, describe more. What what was he seeing and what was he doing where it made him so potent? Because it's not like BYU was running Tennessee off the defensive line. They were just holding the edge, and what was he doing? Well, when I talk about patience, he's trusting his blocks. You know, you can see a running back who's kind of just, I'm going to run forward. And, no, he's setting up everything. He, he, the patience that he uses to set up his blocks is, is just is, is a next-level back. He's a next-level back. Here's Tyson Williams at the podium in the postgame. Nice job, Tyson. How do you feel being back in the SEC scoring here at Dillon Stadium? Man, and I think that might be my last. If it is my last time playing SEC, uh, SEC team, it's a great feeling. No better feeling than that, so... Um, just ready to get back to work and get ready for uh, our game next week. How confident do you feel coming into this game, coming back to the SEC? I uh, felt very confident. Um, just the preparation that we had this week. Also, just looking at the things that Georgia State was able to do last week. We, you know, we felt we were able to, you know, do those things coming into this game and had a great chance of winning. You described that last year's final touchdown. Just what you saw and what happened there. Um, just it was a, a power play that we called. Um, I just really just got got in there and just got dirty. Um, just kept my feet moving and was able to get to the uh, get to uh, to the goal line, score a touchdown. Were you worried they were going to whistle it? Uh, I was worried about that a little bit because I started looking around, just trying to figure out what happened, <laughs> just trying to make sure they didn't blow me dead at the one yard line. But then once I got the call, it was a touchdown. Then um, you know we all we all got ecstatic. Like would have your offensive line right there behind it because it was just a scrum. That's what oh my goodness! Uh, yeah, uh, just like I said, it's just been fun since uh, I start. I got here and just running behind that line. I mean, I, I trust them like no other. So uh, it's just been fun. It's been uh, it make it made things very easy for us and the running backs. It's been a pretty emotional moment after the game with family members celebrating. Uh, without my family, I wouldn't be here just because they supported me through a lot of times where, you know, like I said I've been to three different schools and uh, each and every situation my family is going to be there to support me each, each and every step of the way. Um, they never lost faith, so I, I never lost faith. What was the mood of the team heading back out on the field for the last drive? Uh, the mood was we, we had them to a field goal, so we needed to score. You know, put this, the game was in our hands, so, so we just wanted to take control of it and, and put, it, put an end to the game. Hi, so last year these guys beat Wisconsin and they kind of – Came home and didn't play so well. Mm-hmm. As a senior, what can you tell them to kind of stay on that kind of even? Um, like I said, I mean, you definitely do want to enjoy it. You want to enjoy it, but um, like I said, you know, after today, you want to get you want to lock down and, and get focused on USC. That's a great team we have coming in. Um, and like I said, you just want to be able to protect Lavelle's house. So uh, we look forward to next week challenges and, and, and look forward to, to trying to get a victory.
think the last time you played here, the game also went down to the last yeah, play. Which one yeah, it did. was more dramatic, one yard short of the one yard you got? <laughs> I'm going to have to go with the one today. I'm going to have to go with the one today. But, um, yeah, like I said, I mean, uh, shout out to Tennessee. I mean, they always, always has been a good game against those guys. But um, just been fortunate enough to come out on the, on, on the right side. So um, that's always been fun. What was running through your mind, Tyson, on that big pass play to Micah uh, at the end of the fourth quarter? Yeah, so Micah's my roommate. So we're going to have a lot of stories to talk about these next couple of days. But um, I was just happy to see him make that play because um, – yeah, just the, the odds were, were stacked against us. He made a play. Um, I was hoping he scored, but like I say, he got us in great position to, to get a field goal and send the game into overtime. you live in the dorms or is it an off-field apartment that you're running? Yeah, yeah, it's, a, it's an, it's an off-campus um, off apartment. I'm a, I'm a fifth-year senior, so I should be off-campus at this time. <laughs> 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 it's like your first ever road game with BYU, seeing that many fans. Um, yeah, so I mean, pretty much I heard about it, just like the BYU fans travel, and um, it's nothing like just being able to see it for yourself, you know, in SEC territory, and, um, and just th- throughout the game, I just remember hearing them, um, they're being, them being loud, and sometimes louder than the fans, uh, Tennessee's fans, so um, like I said, I just shout out to, to the, all the BYU fans. Uh, how cool is that, Will? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, hey, 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 I'm going to say it, I mean, I'm going to go out here and say it, I don't like to toot my own horn. But I'll tell you, did I call Tyson a baller from the beginning or not? I mean the beginning, man. Yeah, you did. From the beginning, I, I said August 1st, when they started uh-huh. fall camp, feed this dude the rock. Yeah. He's a leader. He's got the skill set. I love the other backs, and I want them to get touches. But Tyson has to be the centerpiece of BYU's offense right now. Uh-huh. I want to be clear. I love Zach Wilson, but Tyson Williams has to be the centerpiece of the offense this year, period. Yeah, no. you called it multiple times. You told him, put it in Tyson's hand. You, in fact, you, you, I asked you before this game started. I said, what does Will Snowden believe the identity should be, and what does Will Snowden believe BYU thinks their identity is? And you call both. He basically said, well, it should be Tyson. It probably is Zach Wilson. Well, it slowly evolved back into Tyson, and it needs to be Tyson going into USC. Without a doubt. And if they, and if they, do, that, if they do that and commit to that, they, they can win some games that people don't think they will. I want, I want to let people hear about two or three minutes of Zach Wilson. Here is Zach Wilson after a very emotional win on the road against Tennessee in double overtime. Man, it was one of those plays that, like, like he said, odds, odds were against us. And, you know, it was one of those things that, you know, all your reads – all your decision-making of what coverage they're in kind of all goes out the window. It's kind of like, you know what, where can I extend the play? I just I just remember seeing everybody dropping and bailing and <clears throat> safety to my left started, started uh, or safety down the middle to my right to so the boundary started taking off to the field. And I remember thinking, okay, I've got a one-on-one matchup with Micah. It's the boundary. Um, you know, sometimes the corner starts to fall off. And, and, and right as I had looked over there, I saw the corner uh, start to let, let Micah go about 10 to 15 yards down the field. And I just remember thinking to myself, like, what is that dude doing? Why is he, why is he just letting him go? Like, someone has to be on the top. And, you know, so I tried to, I threw it out there, and Micah made a heck of a catch and made a good move on that guy. We got down there, and, you know, I'm so proud of the, the old line in that, that tough cir- circumstance and the wide receivers to, to be able to, you know, focus up on uh, – 
when, when, when times are critical like that. I mean, so much is going on in your head and trying to pay attention to the clock or, you know, we had no timeouts. And I just got tackled in bounds and we're trying to get set quick and, you know, you really got to make a call at the line fast. And so I'm proud of those guys for just, you know, sitting in there and, and just and just focusing up on, on what we had going on. Is there any part of you wondering, okay, Mikey, get down? No, I hadn't. It, it, honestly, I mean, I from where I was standing, I was like, shoot, he looks like he's going to score. I couldn't see if anyone was around him. I figured when he cut back that um, that someone probably was going to get there, but Mike is a fast dude, and so I was, I was pumped how far down the field he got. I remember looking at the clock and thinking, okay, we got a little bit of time, and so we got to go down there. We got to clock it. We got to, you know, get the field goal going, and so um, I thought we had a pretty good job of uh, situational awareness right there, and I'm just glad, like, we made a play, man, in, in a tough circumstance where a play honestly shouldn't be made. Huge man, huge man. I mean, you know, based on numbers wise, I probably should have thrown the ball, but uh, you know, looking at it, I was like, you know what, we got the momentum on our side. This dude's running the ball hard. The old line's, you know, creating a good push. And so I was like, you know what, we, 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 we got down here with a good little trick play, first play, and Tyson made a guy miss on the second one. And so I was like, you know what, let's give it to him, see what he can do. And, and we, had, we just had a good push, man. He stayed on his feet. He was working through. There you go, Zach Wilson, uh, with some of his thoughts. Obviously a big throw. He will, he said, he said he saw it forming. He saw the corner slough off, and he thought, wait, what? What's going on? Whoa. Wait a second. There's got to be a cover two. There's got to be a dude over. There's not a guy over the top. And then uh, they asked him, well, when the clock was ticking down and he was still running, were you thinking, get down? He's like, no, I didn't even think. I didn't think about that until Kalani mentioned it. Kalani goes, I'm just glad they tackled us inside that five-second mark because we wouldn't have time to spike it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I just put a a summary on this one, Will. The impact, what it has means to Kalani, uh, what it should mean to BYU fans, and what it means to these players. Well, I know it meant everything to Kalani. I mean, once again, this is a big-time win on the road, a long way from home against an SEC team. He got it done. He deserves all the credit. And this is enough for fans to say, hey, we're with Kalani. No matter what, you've got to be with Kalani with this victory. It's one that really, for me, solidifies he's the right guy for the job. Now, obviously, he needs to go back to work. Obviously, we also as fans have to look at the at what he has, what he's working with as far as athletes. Because to me, it, Tennessee looked a little faster, a little bigger, a little bit more athletic, and Brigham Young got it done. So that means a lot. That means the coaching was enough. Now, by the skin of their teeth, they won. I'll take it but any way I can about get it. The, talk about winning. It's not winning is never easy. It's it's the hardest thing to do. And you know, people are like, oh well, they got lucky in this one. No, 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 no. Hold on. You identify a weak corner in the overtime. Well, it was getting to overtime. Well, hold on. You had Kyrus Tonga make a massive play. Well, hold on. You did figure out that the run game was working. Yes. And you started going to the run game just enough. Well, the, but the gadgetry. There was a fumbled snap off of a off of a, a fly sweep direct snap. Oh no! Hang on now, because they hit a a fly sweep reverse in the double overtime that got them what twenty yards. Yeah, beautiful. So I want people to understand you you made plays when you had to make plays, and it takes great coaching when you're on the road against an SEC team. It, Period. It, it Period. does. There's nothing. You, you've said it all, hands. You've said it all, brother. Now it's time to start looking at SC. 
that's where it is. It's time to start looking at USC. Kalani got it done tonight. Grimes got it done tonight. The defense played great. BYU should be happy. Cougar Nation should be happy. They have, On to the next. They have two more rivals in front of them, and this season has a lot of fun left. It, a lot. It, it, this loss, we're, we're taking off the headset. We're shutting it down. Uh, I, yeah. I mean, I, you might not have heard from me. Will Snow never again. The, <laughs> it might have been the last time you heard from me but now i got that vitamin b shot i feel born again i'm ready can't wait till wednesday and cannot wait until saturday for the cougars to host the usc trojans it is college football that's will snowden hansels and it's been your cougar post game show i hope you enjoyed it here on 97 5 the zone We'll be getting you ready for USC on Wednesday, starting at 1 o'clock with the BYU Preview Show. Will Snowden hanging out with us. Big thanks to JCWs for putting on an amazing spread of great food and a lot of fun for all of our listeners. Thanks to the callers. Thank you to Jake Hatch in uh, Nashville for taking care of us, getting that sound back, and, uh, and, and making sure that we could get that on air. Also... Uh, big thanks to Eric back in the booth. We appreciate his hard work. A lot of work goes into this. A couple of highlights from BYU's big double overtime win over Tennessee as we take you out of the Cougar Post Game Show on 97.5, 12 into the zone, and the Zone Sports Network. They fake it to Katoa, and in trouble is the quarterback, Wilson, and down he goes back at the 30-yard line. Garantano to throw, looking, throws, to through to get BYU on the board with 19 seconds to go in the first quarter. Career long is 51 by Samaglia. This will be a 51-yard try to extend the lead to seven. It's got the leg. It's good. Brett Samaglia matches a career best 51-yard boot. Tennessee midway through the second quarter. Up seven on BYU. Samaglia will try the field goal. 39-yard attempt on fourth and one. He's got it. And Tennessee's lead is 10 in September for BYU. But they get a pick here. It's intercepted by Fanua, taking it back inside the 20-yard line. He almost had the pick on the Tennessee touchdown in the first half. Here he secures it and returns it 22 yards. Cougars keep it on the ground. Third and six. It's a first down and more. Williams headed into the end zone. Touchdown, BYU. Samaglia will try the field goal. 39-yard attempt on fourth and one. He's got it. And Tennessee's lead is 10. 33-yard attempt by Aldroyd. in the hands of the sophomore Zach Wilson who last year became the youngest quarterback in BYU history to start a game at 19 years, 2 months old has not done a lot through the air tonight and they do not have any timeouts Wilson throws it deep oh my goodness, receiver wide open caught in Tennessee territory, Simon inside the 30, clock is running down he's tackled at the 16 with 7 seconds left, the clock will stop to reset the chains and then BYU will have to get up there Spike the ball. Pushing toward the end zone and no signal yet. Now there it is. Touchdown. BYU wins and an absolutely horrific 
seconds left in regulation but couldn't hang on.